Matt Crump. I've been known as a lot of things over my life. The class clown, the army guy, the rocker guy, the car guy, and the guitar guy. I've also made a lot of mistakes in my life, but the best thing I ever did, that's give my heart and life to Jesus Christ. He led me down a lifelong path and introduced me to my awesome bride, Rockin' Robin, blessed us with two incredible kids, and has given me a hope through some of the absolute toughest times of my life. See, I'm battling stage four cancer, and although that sucks, <laughs> it's opened my eyes and heart to a hope I never knew this way before and moments I never noticed. I call those God's Got This Moments, and they reveal hope like never before. Today, I'd like to welcome you to Hope Revealed. Well, hello and welcome back, or welcome to those of you tuning in for the first time to Hope Revealed. I am your host, Matt Crump, and I come to you every Tuesday with episodes of Hope, Help, and Health. Sometimes we'll have guests that give us great information and help in the world of health and healthcare, as well as ways to find hope through that information. As a person myself battling stage four cancer, I wanted to bring a platform to you that would specifically bring hope as well as help that you can be uh, afforded to, you can be afforded to, you can expect that from time to time we're going to have some special guests. Uh, they provide some information I've been able to locate uh, through their work, through what they do, maybe through things I get through email that you can send it to us here at community at godsgotthis.love, and uh, it gives us ideas. So, um... And we're kind of there today with one of the things that's happened. I'll tell you about that in a moment. Today's episode, we're, we're going to be talking about why. Uh, it's definitely uh, something to think about, things that are going on right now in our community, uh, a lot of things that happen in our world. And uh, hopefully some of what I share with you today will bring, will bring some light. So if you will uh, stay tuned for just a little bit longer, we're going to be able to get through that. And uh, at the end of today's podcast, I would hope that you could comment whether you're finding this on our social media sites or at our podcast site or iTunes, we'd love to hear from you, especially on today's uh, topic. Uh, today, you know, first I just want to apologize. I've been absent for a couple of weeks. We had Hurricane Florence come through. I didn't do anything during that week. I've had some health issues, some problems. I just wasn't able to to do anything. I just wasn't strong enough, unfortunately. I apologize, but um, you know, I'm back trying to knock knock this out today because it's really important, and I'm on my way to get the kids from school. We're going to a funeral tonight. That's one of the reasons for today's podcast. Uh, there was a young girl who passed away at, uh, at our children's school, and it's affected many people in our community. And um, it really gave me some ideas, uh, things to talk about today, and why we're going to talk about the question, why? Why did it happen? You know, why is, why is my life like this? If God's got this so much, then why could a God of love allow something like this to happen, right? All great questions. The answer is probably not what you want to hear, not one that's easy. I have some why questions in my life, too. I didn't ask for cancer in my life. I'm not perfect, I know, that's for sure. But I think I'm an okay guy, pretty good. So why did I get something like cancer? You know, death is probably the leading cause of the question, why? Death, in most cases doesn't come by appointment. And in most cases, again, it's never really on time. Um, it's part of life, though. There are some things about death that aren't. The anguish, crushed emotions, and the feeling of death that comes along with situations and circumstance that create the space to ask the question why are many times just so overwhelming, so powerful, and so draining. It can end someone else's life. It can end them physically or mentally. 
I even know of some good Christian people that I've walked with, and, and they've walked away from the Lord over questions of faith and over, over why. There's no good answer when you deal with crazy, unexplained death and stupid things that happen in this world. You know, and that whole, well, we'll find out when we get there response really isn't a good answer either. I do believe that even though circumstances can be horrific to us, there's, there's always a bigger picture. And yeah, there's always a reason. Now, God doesn't just go around killing people to make a point, okay? He just doesn't kill like that. That's kind of stupid thought. Someone maybe just going to teach a lesson, right? And God didn't give me cancer just to teach me a lesson, to teach somebody else a lesson, my family a lesson. Nah, you see what happened to your dad? And if you keep that up, you're going to get cancer too. That's stupid. But what he will do is he uses circumstances to teach people things, especially, especially if we're open to it. And I'm going to dig into another area of that why today that may help you to understand a little more. It may not give you everything, but I hope it just gives you a little hope, a little, little glimpse into some of the why. I tend to believe that, that we as humans are selfish by nature. We want what we want, right? If you want, you know you want what you want. There's in the back of your mind, you can say, what do you guys want to go off to our dinner tonight? And everybody says, hey, want to go here, I want to go there. And in the back of your mind, you were thinking you wanted to go to this one place, uh, but everybody else said something else, so you just went along with it. You really wanted something else, but just go along. Wait, wait, you get the point. We all have, we want what we want. Right? It's a lifelong discipline to learn how to put others before ourselves. And there's no doubt there's an evil force at work in this world. We have an adversary, and his name is Satan. Although he's a diabolical agent of evil, he isn't strong enough or big enough to be every evil. That's why it be hard for you to understand. He's not big enough, he's not strong enough to be every evil. Well, isn't he evil itself? Yeah, okay, hang on. We'll get there. That's, and that's a big statement, I know. But the reality is, we're pretty good at being evil ourselves. There may be things we consider to be evil that aren't evil at all. For example, I tell my kids, go make your bed and clean your rooms. I say it all the time. Kids, clean your your rooms, fix your bed, do your thing, right? They hate to even consider that my request is coming, coming across the room. And they say my request is too much at times. They may even consider that my request is an evil request, especially if the game's being played or somebody's on the computer or whatever, right? So I'm sure you can fill in the blank with things that we consider evil all on your own and save me hours on this podcast for examples. The next point is that I would say evil is necessary in the aspect of understanding the value of good. Again, uh, no, no clean your room, no, no you're grounded. If you lose something as a child, then, then you'll know there's a difference, right? So then they don't clean the room, they don't, do, don't get this, right? So they know then that something's happening. I'm now an agent of evil in their life doing an evil thing. Well, the flip side of that coin is, is that they can learn the value of doing their chores and live into the good life. It doesn't always have to be evil. I'm doing something that I'm supposed to do as a parent to train my children the way they should go, right? They may consider it evil right now, but it's not. And the benefit is, if you keep your room clean and nice and all this stuff, you might even get better stuff from me. Good becomes even more valuable. Not because I want to teach a lesson, but because it's always a consequence of of no good, evil. It's not the opposite, but it's a consequence of. All right, so 
All that does, doesn't say that someone dying is a consequence of someone not being good. Don't meet, read into it like that. That's not what I'm saying. Quite the contrary. It's an opportunity. Well, how's that an opportunity? It's an opportunity of what is or can be perceived as an evil to experience something very good. A professor at Oxford has a great point about that. Oxford philosopher Richard Swinburne puts it in this perspective. If God is to allow us to acquire knowledge by learning from experience, and above all to allow us to choose whether to acquire knowledge at all, or even to allow us to have a very well-justified knowledge of the consequences of our actions, knowledge which we need if we are to have a free and efficacious choice between good and bad, he needs to provide natural evils occurring in regular ways in consequence of natural pros. Yeah, lots of words. I get it. Um, you can't have good without bad. You can't have bad without good, right? So when it comes to suffering, and specifically children, are we saying that for God to be good, right? If God's good, then if he has to be good, why does this happen to my kid? If we're saying God has to be good, he has to perform miracles constantly around the world with every child to be safe from anything and everything at any time, no matter what. So then let's think about it this way. Two kids, they're playing at a dinner table. Little Johnny grabs a steak knife, it's a, and he has this knife, and playing like he's in a cartoon, he plunges the knife right to his brother Steve's side. But a moment at a time, right when the knife gets to hit his side, God miraculously turns the knife into rubber, and the whole family starts laughing because God's always going to do a miracle and always protect little children. If we lived in such a world, children wouldn't learn morality because many of their choices would lack moral consequences. Okay, then at what age does it cut off then, right? So, okay, uh, then it's only for kids. Then, then when does that cut off? Right? So God has to do miracles and all this stuff to protect all these kids. So when does it stop? If God's that good, why then does the miracle even stop? Now, I suspect the more serious answer will be that God should every day orchestrate tens of thousands of amazing miracles to protect little children. But if God constantly worked through providences, then God would still have to interfere constantly with free will. For example, how does God prevent parents from getting drunk or texting or nodding off while driving? How does God providentially keep all children everywhere at all times from the fatal occurrences that might afflict other family members? How would God providentially keep all children from being harmed by the intentional cruelty of adults? He couldn't do all these things unless he was to make himself unmistakably apparent. After all, even the most ignorantly spiritual person would conclude sooner or later that there's something about the universe that prevents children from coming to harm. In the real world, parents and their children must learn to be responsible because natural laws do work in regular ways. Suffering, suffering has other benefits too. Many important spiritual lessons can be learned from the suffering uh, or the death of children. That sucks to say that, but it's true. Things, things happen like courage, patience, compassion, selflessness, humility, and so on. I'm not going to focus on what today is the biggest issue in this podcast. I'm sorry, I'm going to focus. No, I'm not going to focus. I'm going to focus on, on the biggest issue of the podcast. That's about the why. And, and the death of children, whether, whether other people's children or our own, we learn that we can, we can never base our ultimate happiness on this world. If you're basing your happiness on this world, 
Mm. We have the American dream here in America, right? That we can have our own kids, they can grow up, graduate, achieve successful careers, marry great spouses, have wonderful children, and those children have children, and their children have children. We can gain a sense almost of immortality as, and an incredible legacy through our families. That's a for, that's whole thought process is forever in danger. There is nothing worldly that we can count on, including what most people love the most, their children. Instead, we must look to God for our ultimate and eternal fulfillment. Only worshipers of God can, can accept this most times. We shouldn't expect those who only live for this life not to bitterly complain that God's unfair for threatening what to them is the top priority and value in life. Suffering can be valuable for children too. In my ministry, I experience many times an, an illness that affects a child. It's at that time we best understand our own mor- mortality and and value in life. I even face this with my own family, dealing with my disease of cancer in my body. I, I thank God for being aware of my own mortality and the value we have on each other as family as a result. What a shame to be unaware of that value and benefit in life. To be numb to good and evil both? That's ultimately the worst evil at all. So the question why, to me, takes on a different meaning. I don't, I don't think the question why is a question at all. I don't think it's a question that can be answered. I don't even think that why is an appropriate question. I think the question best asked is how. How could this happen? That can be answered. It could have been a freakishly awful health issue, a horrible accident, a mishap of someone else's careless actions. So many answers can fill in the blank. God's the one who allows us the opportunity and the blessing of mortality to understand the value of life and free will, to be able to live by the choices we choose. The benefits to look and live a life the way God describes when bad things happen. We then know how to be the hands and feet of God to a person who's suffering. We offer love. We just sit in silence with someone. We hug. We prepare meals. We help with housework. We help pack boxes and so on. We, we love each other and love each other through some horrific situations that eventually can be things God can use in your life or in the life of someone else to share that incredible value of life and love and freedom. Freedom always comes with a price. For me as a Christian, it came with the price of Christ dying on the cross. For me as an American, it comes daily by the sacrifices and lives of those serving our country. Freedom I experience in my community from the protection of law enforcement, fire officials, first responders, and so on. They, they pay a price for me to enjoy my freedom. Someone always pays. The reality is that it just sucks when it's you. It's not fair to pick and choose. I wouldn't want someone else to have my cancer instead of me. That's just stupid. That's selfish and that's evil. I deal with it and and believe God for my healing. I'm not going to pick and choose in that situation. I can't do anything about it. Well, that's not actually true. You know, I can. I can live. I can enjoy life while I have it. I can help others experience hope and peace through the experience I have had and help them to get to a place that they can get through through my suffering. And there are just times we suffer together and get through it. I started today by saying you probably wouldn't like the answer, and you still might not. You still might think it's not good enough. Well, then what's good enough? How's how's that good enough, fair answer in life for everyone, right? God, God loves us regardless. Whatever, Matt, God loves us. Yeah, whatever, that's why this happened, right? No, some people say, as long as we trust God, everything's going to be all right. Some of that Christian stuff. 
Oh, okay, I don't think that's true. The Bible's quite clear that God's going to walk with us through life's problems. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. It's in Deuteronomy 31.8, Hebrews 13.5. Get a chance to read it. He never promises a life free of pain or suffering. Throughout the Bible, the people who trusted God the most were the people who suffered the most. Look at Job or the Apostle Paul. They all suffered greatly. What about Jesus? He was nailed to a cross. That was all by choice for him, but... But they held on to their faith because they understood something important. God's ways are different than our ways, and what seems best for us isn't always what's best to God. When my mother-in-law was dying of cancer and disease in her body, I couldn't say, praise God, she's going to be with the Lord. I, I wasn't feeling that. I was praying for her healing and hope God would heal her and keep her around for a while longer, a whole lot longer. But when she passed on, I, faced, I was faced with truth that, that she really is happier today in heaven than she would ever have been here on earth. If I really wanted the best for her, then I need to trust that God's way is the best way, even though it wasn't best for me. I know that doesn't take away your pain for situations you're experiencing or going through, but I, I hope that some of this, at least you can understand, I hope it's comforting to know that God may not always take away our suffering, but he will always walk beside you. He will always lead you towards the best future possible. He'll always give you the opportunity for an eternal life with him. I hope today speaks to your heart. I can go on and on and on, but I've got to stop. I hope it speaks to your heart and that you remember how valuable life is. Friends, there's hope. Even when you may doubt there's hope. I want to share one thing for you before we go today about hope. It's a great scripture from the Bible from that guy I just talked about, Apostle Paul. It's in Philippians 4, 6 through 9. <sighs> says this, right? I'm all hyped up now. <laughs> Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what's true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. And that's my prayer today, friends, that he surely will. I know it's not easy. Maybe you switched the question from why to how, and, and you know, if you want to process that, I'm more than happy to talk. You know, give me a call, a shout, an email. We can process some of that. Hope is yours, folks. And, and I don't think about it, but I, I know. I know that you're valuable to God. And there's a lot of scriptures we've talked about page after page after page in the Bible that, that'll tell you that same thing. So that being said, my friends, have faith. Know you're loved. Don't give in. Don't give up. And never forget, God's got this.